Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro thank and you, college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks all right we'll get to the id in just a moment guys and we're ready to go are you guys there we are yes, all we are. here. I, I, wasn't right sure. I wasn't sure if you wanted to play uh, something, if you wanted to play well, the Strokes I want, the I really or anything, or, or if you were quick. ready to go. Let me just do this real quick. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, let's start this over. Welcome. <laughs> well, well see, the people don't realize the strokes and the storks are our security blanket. We don't hear them. We, we, we're all on edge the rest of the day. <laughs> this is 2020. You know. 2020, everything else was out of order. So. Right. Yeah, we, well, we, well, we, we were massively late. But we did prove, I actually feel like I'm on the UMass a ba- a basketball or baseball a football team because we were the Minutemen. We planned the show in like a minute. We couldn't get our Zoom meeting going. and So we, we I think we're ready to go. We're going to do the best we can. We are Hi, good. this is uh, Chris Devin and Vaughn. 
along with uh, Sean Sean Platts and Perry uh, Lester and and Bill Sparks and Robert Herrick, who is now we decided last week not only is he ringside Robert, he's rinkside Robert too. So depending on whether he's hockey or, or boxing, we can introduce him differently, and that way everybody will know what he's going to be talking about. So we got our agenda together, such as it is, um, pretty similar to what it's been. We're, I'm going to run down the list of the deaths, which we'll cover in date, detail at the end of the show. Have uh, actually uh, two pretty big ones and a third one popped up today. That, that well, not, not a Hall of Famer, but a good, good, solid player. And then, so we got those. I'll run those down in a minute. Then we're going to go to our uh, Sean. He will do his uh, intro things that he does, and then he's going to tell us quickly about the Masters. We'll go to the NFL news and notes, do the scoreboard, then commentary on the games. Then we will do the uh, the standings. Then we'll do the schedule. Then for week eleven. About three changes on that schedule, so we'll uh, highlight those. Then we will get into college sports. We actually have a high school story we want to tell. We'll throw that yes. into our football segment. <laughs> Perry knows what that is. That's a cool story, and uh, well, so we'll a tell high that. School stories actually. Okay. Yeah. high school story. All right. So, and then um, you know, and also a, a kind of cool college foot, football that harkens back to an old uh, pro event that we can talk about for a minute too. Then we so that'll be football. Then I think we're going to do baseball. We're going to do uh, NBA, and then uh, we're going to do. Um, uh, Let's see. What else was the other thing? Is there, is there anything else? Is the day? Oh, the, so poll we'll the poll question. We'll do the poll question. Yeah, we'll do the poll. I'll in a minute. Yep, we'll do the poll question, then the death. Let me give you the death list so you'll know whether you want to stay tuned and find out more about these people. We are not done with Tommy Heinsohn yet. We had just gotten the uh, the word, and I did a quick obituary on him off the top of my head of a couple of minutes, but then David USF, our buddy, came in with all the info on that, and so we'll have all that for him, and it's kind of lengthy because he's a Hall of Famer. When it's a Hall of Famer, we have more stuff. So, And another Hall of Famer died this week, Paul Horning of the Green Bay Packers and Notre Dame. And actually, David asked the question, why was he called the Golden Boy? Well, he played at the Golden Dome, no Notre Dame, and I think he was very—he was a matinee idol kind of guy, as I understand it. So that's yeah. part of the reason. Uh, then we have uh, Terry Durod, uh, played for the Celtics, the University of Detroit, the Pistons, Phoenix, and he was a point guard in the late seventies, early eighties. Charles Dejeuner, I'm going to say, uh, sixty-eight years old, defensive tackle for San Diego and the Rams. Uh, Anthony Stewart, fifty years old. Uh, 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 yeah, in, uh, fifty years old, tennis. Uh, Tennessee Martin. Oh, no. Oh, Tennessee Martin. That's right. We have a tennis Tennessee player Martin. coming up, and I saw T-E-N-N. Yes. So Anthony Stewart, the head coach of Tennessee Martin, died. A current head coach at 50 years old. We don't really know why that is. Uh, Faye Irvin, the tennis player, Canadian tennis player at 75 years old. Foster Kathleman, an in, infielder from 54 through 58 in, in uh, major leagues. And Lindy McDaniel, the relief pitcher, uh, who uh, was around a lot longer than that for uh, many teams, especially in the National League, but the Yankees, too. Anyway, so, Sean, why don't you get started, and then you can uh, uh, talk about the uh, green jacket and the record that was at. All right, before I get going on telling you how you can contact us, let me get you thinking about the poll question, which you can call in and answer later on when we get to it. Last week we talked about venues, events that were on your bucket list that you wanted to go to. Now we're going to talk about venues or events, sporting events that you've been to that were just really like, wow, I finally got to go to this. I got, you know, kind of on the same, but these are ones that you have been to. And of course, later on in the show or anytime when we're talking about it, any topic, you can call in, download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923, paper code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice. Uh, when you want to ask a question, star nine raises your hand and it will, an alt Y on the computer. And then when we call on you, we'll ask you to unmute it's us. More, it is, Sean, it's more, the there's a more button on your Yeah, on your more devices. on the iPhone. Yeah, that, that rate, yeah, more on the smartphone. But star six unmutes you on 
the phone, all A and the computer, and I'm not sure what unmutes you on the smartphone on Zoom, but do it'll show you. Also, you want to leave us comments, questions, criticisms, anything where we can hear it? 773-572-7715. Hit the pound key, the greeting, and do not mark it private. We'll all get it. Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net. And is the 800 number down, or is it working, or is it? I don't know. Well, we don't well, well, give it, it because give it, yeah, give it anyway. 800-693-0595, option two. Say it for Sports Lounge Live. Also, check out all your sports news all the, throughout the week, 712-432-3642. Board 9 is the Sports Lounge board. Board 13 is TV and Sirius XM, all those schedules. So check that out. Now, we had the Masters in November. Very interesting. Uh Rain delay on Thursday, so they had to finish round one on Friday morning. And then a bunch of guys, some guys came right off and had to turn around and play early. But then an hour on round two, then they had to finish round two on Saturday before going to round three. And then the final round was done by about 2.20, uh, 2.30 Eastern time on Sunday because, well, number one, and, and the CBS has football. And number two, since it gets dark about five, 5.30 in that range, you know, on uh, on now because of standard time. So they had to get it done. But Dustin Johnson, he led pretty much most of the way through with this. And, yeah, he, he set a record, a tournament record, 20 under par, breaking Jordan Speed and Tiger Woods' record by two strokes. So he had a four-stroke lead. He won by four strokes at the end pretty much the last day he pulled away from everybody. So, I mean, it was interesting masters i watched a bunch of it and you know, i mean had more of it to watch since we had some college football cancellations and we'll have a few more this weekend i'm sure, you know as we yeah, get we'll into talk it. about but, yeah, some of them that we know well, about we at so least have we know we at least have one yeah we okay. at least have one yeah and okay but anyway that's pretty much all i have on the masters i think we had to get into some nfl oh, okay. don't we, we, uh, we have an anniversary we got to do first oh, oh, yeah, we do right. have an anniversary saturday was Perry and our producer in the five one five's twenty eighth anniversary. She so actually has a name. Her name, is Dawn. Her, name her name is Dawn. Is, her her name, name is Dawn. Dawn. Yes. Yes. And she she is so nice that she just gave Perry a, a diet Mountain Dew, so he yes. did get an anniversary <laughs> present. So. What a producer, man! I what know. A, I have my diet Mountain Dew sitting to my right over here. Right. Don't All spill right. it into your computer. Whatever you no. do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So for NFL uh, news and notes, and then I guess Perry's going to give us the scoreboard. And we'll see if we can uh, run off a couple of these. They did uh, make it official that if there are significant, and the key is a significant game, for uh, are postponed, then you would have an eight uh, team in each conference. The deal is, uh, what Jet Patriots play again? That's not going to be a significant game. If that gets postponed, that's the way it goes. But if you have a game that means something in the playoff standing uh, to one of the teams and they don't get to play it, then that would mean you'd have eight in each conference, and that would be the same. Has happened in the strike year of 82 83 uh, when only nine game, nine regular season games were played, and they came back and they didn't even have division winners because they just put everybody into one hat and made it one through eight and had, uh, you know, four uh, four games on Saturday, four games on Sunday, whatever. And uh, the first weekend it was great. I, I really enjoyed that. I remember that. That was cool, all the playoff games. And, yeah. and uh, you know, so that was that was good. So that's the way it's going to work. That's after they have the extra week. If they have some games to play on the, uh, the extra week on January 10th or whatever, they'll play them. And and then if they still are short games, 
But, you know, we're getting to the point now where this is week 11 coming up. We haven't lost any yet. I mean, hey, things happen, but, you know, so far so good, you got to say. Um, yeah. Drew Brees was a big injury, two two big injuries, and we'll see if we know anybody knows about the second one. We may or may not. But Drew Brees had uh, multiple rib fractures, and uh, he was and also... A cl- and uh, a collapsed lung. And a collapsed lung, yes. And so he is going to be out for this coming week, which means that Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback for the Saints. And Jameis Winston, I don't think, turned it over on... Uh, that's the big news. He didn't turn it over, I don't yeah. think, on uh, on Sunday. So that's no, a good he, sign. He is a, he is a turnover machine, though. He is, but, but you know, sometimes, and this is what we'll find out. Sometimes it has to do with coaching schemes. Yeah. You know, what are they what are they doing? So you really don't know. Um, the other thing, of course, Taysom Hill is there. So if he if he struggles, and he's going to be like the Wildcat guy, he'll come in. He was in and out of that game as well on Sunday too, I think. But mostly mm-hmm. it was Jameis Winston. They're playing Atlanta, so and they're going to be home. So the theory is that they'd be all right, but you you never know. And then did anybody hear anything about? Nick Foles, yeah. Okay, it's uh, just what I, it's just a strain. They don't think it's as serious as it was, so they think he can rest the bye week and they'll play it. They'll they'll evaluate it then and see see how he goes. Uh, it was just okay. a strain, so he could be back a week from a uh, week from Sunday or a week right. from. But I, I also read today that Matt Nagy said after the bye, he's evaluating the quarterback position and he might make a change. Well, yeah, he may. He's, my fantasy quarterback Trubisky, who never plays, is still sitting there. So we'll see what happens. I don't but know. La- but and last they, but they night, Chris, he was, last too. night though, Chris, he wasn't even active. Trubisky was. Yeah. No. Well, what happens sometimes is, you know, and I see this. They they'll do that, and they add, they have an emergency quarterback, and they're not really expecting to play the, the backup, so they'll activate the third guy. I mean, that that's something that has happened before. So it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the, that third guy, whose name is escaping me right now, who played for a couple minutes, uh, is ahead of Trubisky. He may be. I'm not saying he's not, but sometimes that's what they do, uh, you hear that in the pregame, they'll say so-and-so, if he doesn't go, so-and-so is that, and you say, who the heck is that? So, sometimes they just do that for whatever reason. I don't right. know why. Okay, so Perry, I guess uh, any other news and notes in the NFL? Also, real quick, Antonio okay. Brown. Antonio oh, Brown, apparently, in a little bit of trouble. This came out today. Only a little? Uh, wow, unusual. <laughs> well, he busted up his security camera at his West Hollywood home before he was signed with Tampa Bay. Well, uh, yeah, West Hollywood, Florida. Well, well, one, t- one at a time. But Sean? It might have played into his uh, being reinstated. Tampa Bay did say they were aware of of this situation, and you know they thought it wasn't a huge deal. But the NFL was kind of like, hmm, I don't know. But yeah, he he had a little incident, you know, destroyed the security camera. Well, it's his own camera, right? I mean, what's the, what's yeah, the deal? Yeah, in his house. Yeah. yeah. So what's well, the deal? It was a surveillance camera. I don't know what the deal because they're saying his history of rage and anger and stuff and. I don't know if it was his or it was the house he was renting or. Okay. Robert wanted to West tell Hollywood. us it was Hollywood, Florida. That's yeah, Hollywood, Florida. Yes. Okay. West, yeah, West Hollywood. Oh, okay then. All right. But either yeah. way, it's near it's Fort Lauderdale. I know that. Okay. Yeah. So, Perry, why don't you run down the scores and then we'll uh, do a quick run through of uh, what how the how the scores got to be the way they are. There we go. Colts thirty four, Titans seventeen, Browns ten, Texans seven, Lions thirty, Washington twenty seven, Packers twenty four, Jaguars twenty. Giants 27, Eagles 17, Steelers 36, Bengals 10, Buccaneers 46, Panthers 23, Raiders 37, Broncos 12, Dolphins 29, Chargers 21, Cardinals 32, Bills 30, probably the game of the week, Rams 23, Seahawks 16, Saints 27, 49ers 13, Patriot 23, Ravens 17, Vikings 19, Bears 13. 
Okay. So starting off, and we'll let Bill comment on this right off the bat, is Indianapolis Colts. And we were talking on Before All Things Radio, and we were saying, hey, the Colts, well, they're going to play. They'll probably be close, but they'll probably lose and, you know, whatever, uh, going to Tennessee and all that. Not that there's a big home field advantage these days. But, um, Bill, what did you think of those Colts? Uh, how about them Colts, as the well, Cowboys fans would say? They played a consistently good game. Their defense was good, when, especially when it had to be. Tennessee fell apart in the second half. That's the way I kind of perceived it. Colts capitalized, especially on defense, and there was no looking back. Tennessee really wasn't in the game at all in the second well, half. What, yeah, what happened was it was a special team. Tennessee, the Tennessee had a goal line stand, and then so they got the ball, which was, you know, that was the last good thing they did. They were at 17 13. They had a goal line stand, which was cool, and they, were, they had a short punt, though, coming out. They didn't get a first down. They had a short punt, which set the Colts up for their next touchdown, which put them ahead. Then the Colts blocked a punt and scored another touchdown. Touchdown. So really, you could put the big difference on the on the special. And that after that, Tennessee and Henry was hurt for a while, and this and that. But after that, that was it for uh, basically for Tennessee. But mm-hmm. the Colts are now in first place, so we'll see what happens. Tennessee Cleveland over Houston, ten yeah. to seven in oh, the wait, win. Wait, 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 hold on, go ahead, Bill. Well, I was just going to say the Tennessee okay. checked out in the second half. Basically. Yeah, they, they, yeah. yeah, but that was pretty disheartening. You know, that reminds everybody it's a three-part game, you know, and your special teams can really kill you if they're not good. Cleveland beat Houston 10-7. to Really not much to say about that game. It was in no. the wind. Nobody could do Boy, anything. Yeah. The only touchdown was Nick Chubb who came back. Well, no, the Houston got a touchdown late, but the winning touchdown was by Nick Chubb, and that made a big difference in the Browns' offense to have him back after. He's been out for about five weeks. So that's, the, severe, that's, the severe weather might have been the story of that game because they had a 30-minute uh, right. w- uh, weather delay it, because of severe thunderstorms in the area. Yeah, it was over before two of the other games, so it started on time, though. That's right. They that's didn't correct. go to overtime. Detroit beat, and I'm going to do it this week. I'm not going to do it. Detroit beat the Washington football club 30 to 27. And this was a crazy game. Matt Prater kicked a 59 yard field goal to win it. But the the uh, Washington football club came from behind. They almost did it. They were behind 24 to three. They got back and tied it up 24, 24. Uh, Alex Smith had a good name game, but uh, you know, Matthew, Matthew Stafford did too. He threw, threw three touchdowns. We got to give him credit. And later Roethlisberger for coming off, Two things. He came off another. Remember, he was on his second COVID protocol because he was on the COVID during the preseason, Matthew Stafford was. Then he came back into the, you know, did the second one had no practice the week before, then went into the concussion protocol. He knows all about protocol. And he was in the concussion protocol, had limited practice, if any, this week, came out through three touchdowns and over 300 yards, and the uh, Washington team came back, tied it up, but Prater kicked that uh, you know, 59-yard field goal, and as they said on uh, Channel 88 on uh, Sirius XM, you know, those are the kind of games the Lions lose, and they didn't lose that one. Uh, Green Bay over Jacksonville, 24-20. Rogers threw Jacksonville two almost won this. Yes, they did. Uh, but again, this was special team, uh, you know, turnovers and special teams yep. that set these things up for the. You know, it was close. The game really wasn't as close a game as it seemed. I mean, it, it stayed close, but really Jacksonville had uh, two short fields. To, they scored on a punt return, and they also scored on a short field after a turnover. So that there's most of your 20 points. But anyway. And those are the two games that I was talking about that Houston finished before because yeah. on TV they flipped the ends of both those games. So that just shows how they were. Rogers threw two touch, pat, touchdowns passes and had a rushing touchdown so that was it for for that game but uh, jack you know rogers i don't know i don't know who, what do you guys think uh who would be you know we, russell wilson was the early favorite for mvp but Aaron rogers has been pretty consistent this year he's yeah he's rogers uh, I'm, yeah. yeah he's right up and, there and yeah. wilson and wilson yeah. has started turning the ball over a little bit yeah, now. yeah. and they've yeah, lost wilson three out of four now too yeah. so 
Giants beat the Eagles. Uh, raise the flag, 27-17. Not they had, no, there is. The Giants had <laughs> lost eight games. In, this is a divisional race now, uh, Sean. I don't care what their records are. They're only one game out now. They're in second place. They they won a, big, a key divisional tilt here, Sean. And uh, so uh, Gallman uh, scored two touchdowns, and Daniel Jones ran one in. And that's when he plays well. To be, he's able to get some rushing in. He's, he's a good runner. He's a big guy. He can really hammer it in there. But the thing is, uh, the Eagles had beaten the Giants eight games in a row, I think it was, and 12 out of 13. So uh, that was, uh, you know, finally the Giants. So, again, we'll get the standings later, but 3-5-1 and one for the Eagles, 3-7 and seven for the Giants, who have a well-deserved week off. They're 3-7 and seven now. Okay. Tampa Bay beat Carolina 46-23. to 23. That was 17-17 at halftime, but Brady bounced back big from his horrible game against New Orleans. He had three, uh, touch, three uh, throwing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, and Ronald Jones ran one 98 yards, the longest uh, touchdown run in, in Tampa Bay history. So uh, it was 17-17 at halftime, as I said. Miami beat the Chargers 29-21. Tua threw two touchdown passes. He was okay. He was not, not spectacular, but he was all right. And uh, they got out to a quick 14 nothing lead, and that was about it, really, for that game. The Chargers scored a few, but uh, they weren't really going to – weren't threatening too much. Now, the game of the day, is, as uh, you said, Perry, Arizona beat uh, Buffalo 32-30. to and Josh Allen threw one of the- to, to Stefan Diggs with 34 seconds to go to get Buffalo the lead. And then Kyler Murray threw one to uh, DeAndre Hopkins with two seconds to go to give Arizona the lead. And then they won it, of course. And uh, Murray had two rushing touchdowns. He has 10 this year. And he, for the first time, anybody since 1956 has had rushing touchdowns quarterback five games in a row uh, for the first time since then. I don't know what quarterback that would have been because I can't even remember a good running quarterback back in those days. But uh, the first one I remember is Tarkenden. But uh, anyhow, that's uh, you know that was something. But what were you going to say about the game there, Sean? No, I was just saying that the, just the two passes at the end that you kind of said, yeah, yeah the two. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was just it was like I was like, oh, Buffalo has this one, and all of a sudden here they come. As a Houston fan, it's like, oh, Bill O'Brien, thanks a lot. You know, you're sitting there, <laughs> thank you, Bill. Well, you know, the, the thing is, you were looking at these running, you know, these quarterbacks, it's going to be like Brady and Breeze until this year. They're not going to meet much, but they're two of the best, two of the best young ones. And, you know, they're they're both playing well. And uh, you saw it. You know, that was a game. I don't know how much of the country got to see it. it, it Most was of a, the country did. Did they? Okay. Cause, that know, was that's... the big CBS game. That was, right. Yeah, okay. That was the so big game. That's good because they, that was the best game of the day. Uh, yeah. and, oh, and Tyler Bass hit three field goals of over 50 yards, 54 yards and more for mm-hmm. Buffalo. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, the Rams beat Seattle 23-16. What do you have to say about that, uh, Perry? It was a, it was just the Rams had it. They got a little bit of a lead right at the end of the first half, right at the beginning of the second half, and they were able to hold them off 23-16. And as we said earlier, Russell Wilson has started turning the football over a little bit, and that's that's part of the reason that the Seahawks are, are struggling a little bit now is they're turning yeah. the ball over. Uh, Las Vegas, uh, I, I didn't listen to much of this game, Robert, because I knew you were covering it diligently, so I wouldn't have to. The Vegas uh, Raiders beat uh, Denver 37-12. to 12. What's, What happened with that game? Well, the, believe it or not, even though they won easily, Chris, they left 28 points on the field. Uh, uh, we uh, On penalties, a punt return was called back, and another touchdown was called back. So if all the touchdowns would have been allowed, the Raiders would have scored 60 points. Uh, uh, they, uh, It was a pretty even first half, and in the second half, the Raiders pretty much dominated the game, and and uh, of course you can't leave any points on the field this week because we play Kansas City, and of course Kansas City is uh, going to be out for revenge because uh, we're the only team to be- beat them this year. 
By the way, just to clear things up, Robert is not on the Raiders' payroll. Uh, no. He may say we all the time, but he is not on their payroll. Okay. <laughs> New Orleans <clears throat> beat San Francisco 27-13. to San Francisco jumped out to a 10 nothing lead. and then uh, But Alvin Kamara was the star of this game. He had three touchdowns, two rushing and one uh, receiving. And then, as we said, uh, Drew Brees went out uh, at the start of the second half with uh, the rib injuries. And, uh, you know, we'll see how what happens with that. Pittsburgh all over Cincinnati, 36 to 10. Uh, yeah. Roethlisberger, as we said, bounced back with the three touchdown passes and 100, 305 yards. And uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh, of course, is nine and zero, uh, and they, they're the best team in the league right now. They certainly and, uh, are. You'd have to you'd have to vote Roethlisberger as comeback player of the year, considering you oh, didn't definitely. play hardly oh, yeah. at all last year. So yeah, and you know he's probably in the MVP consideration too. I mean, uh, you yep. see quarterback and Rodgers, and he are probably the best ones right right at the moment. I say mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Patriots <laughs> beat Baltimore in a rainstorm, twenty three seventeen. Newton ran one in and threw one, and also uh, they got it over to Jacoby. Myers, who was a former NC State quarterback who threw uh, one. So that was pretty cool. And uh, that, uh, you know, Patriots, they're not going to make that. They're four and five. We'll talk about the playoff. Basically, you got to be at this point to be in the mix. You've got to be six and three in the AFC. And I'll run that down when we get to the standings. But, um, you know, it's it's good to win games. I'll tell you, you know, going through a losing streak, and it's not like the Patriots have uh, had a famine here. But if I, you know, four game losing streak was no fun. I was just glad to win a game. You're not going to get Trevor Lawrence anyway. So, you know, let's, let's see it. Let's make it interesting. Let's, let's at least have some good football. And the offense showed well, and the defense played very well. They really did a pretty good job of com, com, you know, cre- uh, controlling uh, Lamar Jackson. And, um, you know, it was a rainy you know, rainy days will even out the field, too. But the Ravens, the Steelers are in good shape in that division now with that loss by the Ravens. And the, Minutes, the, more, and the more you see Baltimore play, Chris, uh, whenever Baltimore gets behind, Lamar Jackson – he doesn't seem to play as well. He, no. He, no, he's not a comfortable behind quarterback at all. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that seems to be a problem. And I mean, they have a good defense. They have a pretty good offense all around him, and he's still a good quarterback. But he is not taking the stride like you saw with. I mean, hey, give Josh Allen just about as much credit as Kyler Murray the other day. When you score with 37 seconds ago, you ought to win that game. And he basically had a game-winning drive too. So those two, you know, brought their teams right down the field and got it done. And uh, Jackson has had opportunities to do that, including the other night and. Hasn't been able to do it. And uh, the Monday night game, Minnesota beat the Bears uh, 20 to 19. And, uh, you know, 1913. Oh, that's right. 1913. Yeah. <laughs> that game, that game, was, that game was so exciting last night. It put me to sleep. I, I had it on it. I should I wrote that down wrong. That's, no, that's it was, I was barely paying attention. It was a sleep yeah. fest. It was not All right. really. Well, anyway, the, the thing is, the Bears didn't, they only got six points on offense because the uh, Cordero Patterson and, ran one back for 104 yards on the kickoff. So there's seven of them right there. And then, and they've as lost we say, got hurt. And they've lost four in a row. And Minnesota's won three in a row. So, again, they're kind of in a position like the Patriots. They're, they're winning, but they're kind of they in the Lions. They're both four and five, and that's decent. But And they don't have to worry about one division because the NFC East not getting a wild card. But, you know, we'll look yeah. at that, too, when we do the standings. So that's it for those uh, those games, I think. Uh, we have, we have clicked games? past the bottom of the hour, Bill. Okay, Why then. don't we do our, our spot break here so that the, the Live 365 don't get mad at us. And then we'll come back with standings. Yep. Uh, schedules and much, much more. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. 
Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2 men 2 xorg to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The Storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And we are back. So Chris is going to give us the standings and the schedule in just a second. But, Sean, why don't you give us real quick, if somebody wants to call in, they do it how? Uh, download the Zoom app, 646-876-9923, unit code 287-723. 4600 town key twice and then raise your hand like i said earlier come on in if you got especially some nfl con- comments get on in before we head on move on to uh the next uh, few sports here okay in the afc east we have our standings after week 10 so buffalo seven and three miami six and three patriots four and five jets still zero and nine <laughs> The only winless team, AFC North, Pittsburgh, 9-0, and the only undefeated team. Those Dolphins still haven't had that champagne yet. Baltimore, 6-3, and Cleveland, 6-3, and Cincinnati, 2-6-1, and AFC South, Indianapolis, 6-3, and Tennessee, 6-3, and Houston, 2-7, and Jacksonville, 1-8, and AFC West, Kansas City, 8-1, and Las Vegas, 6-3, and Denver, 3-6, and Chargers are 2-7, and NFC East, the Mighty Eagles, I remember when they're in first place, you gotta say Mighty three, five and one. Giants three and seven. Washington two and seven. Dallas two and seven. NFC North, Green Bay seven and two. The Bears are five and five. Minnesota four and five and Detroit four and five, both playing a little bit better. NFC South, New Orleans seven and two. Tampa Bay seven and three. Atlanta three and six. Carolina three and seven. NFC West, a three way tie for first place. I'm just reading the I'm, I'm when this is no implication as to who's actually got the tiebreakers right now. And it doesn't matter very much right now either. There's a long way to go, but I'm reading them alphabetically. Arizona six and three. The Rams six and three. Seattle six and three. And San Francisco four and six. And they're, of course, in trouble for the playoffs. Uh, so, and so looking at the wild cards right now, if you, when the teams that we know are in first place or whatever, the wild cards in the AFC, Miami at six and three, the ones that would be tied for this wild card. And again, right now, there's only be three to go for. Miami is six and three, Baltimore six and three, Cleveland is six and three, Tennessee is six and three, and the Raiders are six and three. So there you go. That's, they're not all going to make it, folks. So we'll see and what happens. And we have the, t- we have the, t- the Raiders have the tiebreaker over the Browns. 
So, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah he, got fired. he got fired during the break, so he's no, not we. He almost he yeah. forgot. Yeah. Okay, the wild cards in the NFC, we have Tampa Bay 7-3, and three, Arizona 6-3, and three, the Rams 6-3, and three, Seattle 6-3, and three, whatever you want to say. Because a couple, so those you know, three. those are your those three. Are three. That's, those are your, three of those four. Three of those four. Are, and we'll Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, right well, now. two of those three in Tampa Bay. Yeah, we'll be right. Wild, wild so, cards, yeah. yeah, and of course that can change because Saint, you know, Tampa Bay could take the lead back from the Saints. So, you know, who knows? But those, those are the, your basic contenders. The others are sort of on the fringe, you know, and, and seeing what they can do. Okay, for your NFL schedule for Week Eleven, and listen up. There's uh, three changes, uh, and this is the last of our changes for now, unless we have more virus problems. Uh, so we have Arizona, Seattle on Thursday night, eight twenty p.m. on Fox and NFL Network. On Sunday Good the twenty second. First game when they played the first time. What's that? Good game when they played the yes, first it, time. It was okay on Thursday, the, uh, Sunday the twenty second. Philadelphia at Cleveland, one p.m. on Fox. <clears throat> we have Atlanta at New Orleans, one p.m. Fox again with uh, Jameis Winston Winston playing. Cincinnati at Washington, one p.m. CBS. We have Detroit at Carolina, one p.m. on Fox. Pittsburgh at Jacksonville, 1 p.m. on CBS. Not an outstanding uh, array of games here. Tennessee at Baltimore. That should be good. 1 p.m. on CBS. Patriots at Houston, 1 p.m. on CBS. Uh, We have the – yeah, right. Then we get to the late games on CBS. We have the Jets at the Chargers, 4.05 p.m. on on CBS. And the other game is Miami at Denver, 4.05 on CBS. Again, those were, you know, flipped around because of the uh, virus earlier in the year. Uh, We have Dallas at Minnesota, 4.25 p.m. on Fox. That was supposed to be a big game, but not not quite what it should have been by any means. Kansas City at Las Vegas. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Green Bay at Indianapolis. That's one that they promoted because uh, Green Bay has done so well, and the Colts are now a first-place team. That's going to be the Joe and Troy game. Okay, yeah, 425 on Fox. The 820 game is the one Robert referred to, Kansas City at the Raiders in Las Vegas. And the Monday night game is the Rams at Tampa Bay. And a then, good Monday night game. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good, good game. game. Yeah, and then the bye teams this week are Buffalo, Chicago, the Giants, and San Francisco. So I guess that's it for the NFL. Well, it is well, not, well, quite, not quite. Hold, hold on. Not, not quite. quite because we do have a caller. Okay. And uh, it is from someone in the 781 area code. So if you would unmute yourself, we would be able to hear you. That would be my friend, Rick. Hello. 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 Hi, it's Rick. (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay. A um, couple you're, things on you're the You're right, caller. You're, you're right. You win. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, well, NFL, I have a lot of things to say about the NFL. But um, <laughs> uh, First of all, Chris, I think um, I think you said Roethlisberger had three touchdown passes. I believe he had four. He, he had four. Yep. Okay. Yeah, four. Rick is the commissioner um, of our fantasy league, and he has to know these things. So we, we, <laughs> we find out. And while we're on the subject of Roethlisberger, I think it was Robert said that, that he thought that Roethlisberger would probably win uh, comeback play of the year. Um, that's possible, but I I gotta think that just the fact that Alex Smith is performing the way he is, what after what he went through, yeah, that could oh, be. That's, gotta, that's, yeah, that's, that's another true. good possibility. I forgot about him. Thank you, Rick. I mean, he yeah, he yeah. he came very close to losing that leg. That, you know, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. and on the um on the Antonio Brown situation, um. I believe he li- he lives in like, well right now he's living with Tom Brady, but back then he lived in a like a a, a um, condo community or, or a gated complex, and the, yeah, um, the condo yeah. yeah and the problem occurred I believe at the at the security station at the at the you know the front of the, the complex yeah. he okay, got into so a, he got into a fight with the security guard and wrecked the security camera and actually I guess threw a bicycle at the security guard. Oh. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that yeah, those are always lying I'm around. Right always do that. <laughs> I'm just seeing that it's coming across right. They're talking about it right now as you said that. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, so it wasn't his camera. It was, you know. A, no, a, it was not his camera. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, okay, but, uh, that's for, some, for some reason, after the security guard said it wasn't that big a deal, and they kind of acting, you know, who knows, oh. some money. Oh, yeah, right. this <laughs> yeah. Gave him some money, yeah. right? Okay. And speaking right. of money, um, yeah. oh, what do I owe you now? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, for this call, you owe me a lot. Oh, but, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, as, as far you know, kind of like on a gam on a gambling sideline with the NFL, there was a couple of things that happened this week that was kind of you know if you were betting on games, which I back in the day I would put a few shekels on a game, but yeah, it, it shows me why I, I was crazy to do it even then. Did, did you hear about the, the Nick Chubb situation? No, I where did. He, yeah, he uh, he took the ball and was running in for a touchdown and stepped out of bounds at the three yard line at the end. Of yeah, the game. Uh-huh. when they when they were favored by like four and a half. That's okay. right. Yeah. yeah. And and you know technically it's it's the you know the right move to make because it, it clinches the game. There's no way they can get the ball back if right. you know you just kneel on it. Then, but but that was interesting. And the other one was with the Arizona Buffalo game. Again, it's the right move. But when Arizona took a knee on the two point yeah, conversion, they were favored weird. by two and a half. Well, because yeah. the only the only way they could lose that game was to have the kick blocked and return for two points. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So it is the right far. move. <laughs> Yeah, or tied. They would have been tied. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing, yeah, there's, there's this weird things that happen. And then, and of course, I didn't even get into it because it didn't involve the outcomes of these games. But they, they, you know, Peterson, at a two point, he, whatever chart he's got, they got to throw it away. He's, he doesn't know how to do two pointers for the Eagle there. I mean, right. he had a situation where he all he needed to do was kick an extra point to make it 21 to 18. Yeah, that was a crazy. Yeah, yeah, they, were, they were really critical on him, uh, him on that yes. on uh, Channel 88 on Sunday. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Yeah. I, I oh, mean, and boy, uh, you should listen to WIP. They, they've been uh, they've been all over him this week. Well, Actually, I heard a clip from WIP this morning where they were there yesterday. They, I guess he does an interview. You know, he does a, an appearance on the station like Belichick does here in Boston. Yeah, right. And for some reason, on the introduction, just before the introduction, they were the, the woman who was running the. Uh, part of the show, I don't know who she was, was reading a survey that they did where they said they asked who was most to blame for the Eagles' loss to the Giants, and 72% of the fans said it was the coach, and then right after that, they went to his interview. <laughs> so he said, thanks, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Well, see, he's, he's, a, he's a good caller. See, now, uh, the yeah. only thing he ever did before was bring us a death, but he had a lot more to offer this time. He's uh, Jack Whitaker. Thanks, uh, Rick. Yeah, call in any time. Call in any time, Rick. Any time. Uh, Jamal, call more often. That's Jamal good. if yep. you would unmute yourself, we can hear you. Uh-oh. And then, and then Pierre, the button, Perry. Yes, and then, Pierre, you're next. <laughs> okay, Jamal. Hello. How are y'all doing? Good, We're good. Okay, I want, I want to talk about the design. Wait, wait, wait. I want to know what cave you're broadcasting from. <laughs> I am inside of a warming house at a Metro Electric District train station. Oh, cool. I love <laughs> remotes. I love remotes. This is wonderful. And, uh, All right. to be so, in University Park. I'm killing time before I catch my bus to go home. Somehow you sound better than you do when you're in your own house. Okay, but with all that being said... I think, frankly, if the Bears just lose the remainder of the season, then Matt Nagy needs to be fired. And this is just ridiculous. Four in a row, the Bears signed a great Nick Foles, and they they started him. They would have better off keeping Trubisky as a starter, as as far as I'm concerned, because Nick Foles hasn't shown me a doggone thing. Yeah, I, I would say, and again, he's my quarterback in fantasy. I think Trubisky's been a, over the couple of years before that. I think he was a little better than Falls. Nothing to write home about, but a little better than Falls. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, right now Trubisky is. I guess he he was week to week, but at least the Bears have a bye week, so hopefully they can use that time to get their stuff together once and for all. 
And if they want to have any shot of playoffs, they're going to win out now. And I'm not sure they have the ability to do that, unfortunately. Okay. The other thing I was uh, going to comment on, I did I just didn't mention the Bears defense played a great game last night. Yes, they, they Dalvin did. Cook didn't do much, mm-hmm. and uh, they were you know down near the end they got a little tired. He got some already got near a hundred, but he he really they really held him down. And any offense at all, you know, they would have won the game. And again, they just scored six points on offense. You can't do the that. Bears, the Bears played a defense good enough to win yep. the last few games, and yet because of their offensive ineptitude, they're five and five. They should even be eight and two. Yeah, and the the Packers are now, you know, the Packers are in good shape. I mean, we didn't really they talk really about are. that. We can do that next week. But the Steelers and the Packers are in really good shape. The Chiefs are in good shape to win their division too. So yeah, they, some of these divisions are taking shape as well. And you know, say what you say what you want, but you if you can win those divisions and really get a good, you know, a good thing and get that number one seat, those buys mean a lot in the playoffs. They do. Right, but what about uh, Miami? I think Miami had a shot to uh, win the AFC. They do. That's that's why I didn't. Uh, them, you know, it isn't so much Tua. The whole team, and Tua's doing all right, but he's not been as spectacular as uh, Allen or you know Murray or some of these other young quarterbacks. And you know, but he's he's doing what he needs to do. He's doing what Tom Brady did his first year. Tom Brady really wasn't very good yet, and he was still working into the offense. Tua's doing the same thing, but the special teams, the defense are playing well, and uh, you know, and and uh, Flores is doing a good job down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Go, kid. Don't miss your miss your train there, Jamal. And he's in public, so he had to watch his mouth. He did. I If you want to unmute Pierre, we'll go to the great that, state yeah. of Louisiana. Yeah. Yep. The great state of Louisiana. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey. I thought for a minute that Jamal was in the bathroom. No. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm calling in because I never could get uh, – Zoom uh, under more to, to let me raise my hand, so I had to call in. Okay. I will play, uh, Pierre, I will play around with that sometime this week when I have time, and maybe I can help you yeah. a little bit with it. Well, we had trouble right. even getting on here tonight, so I don't know what's going on with Zoom. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm so excited that, you know, Drew Brees won't get to play and Jameis Winston will, will I bet be you are. play. Oh, I'm just really excited. I just uh, – well, but I you tell just you have what. To hope, you just have to hope, Pierre, he doesn't go out and get arrested before Sunday. That's, that's the main <laughs> yeah. thing for Jameis. Well, uh, you're, you're saving grace, Pierre, as you're playing the Falcons. So. Well, I don't know. You know, they're not – they're not bad. They haven't now. been terrible in the last few games. They no, they've won three out of their four since uh, right. uh, Raheem Morris came in. Yeah, that's right. true. Right, but uh, but uh, so uh, I know that uh, that without Breeze, there'll probably be a few interceptions. But uh, you know, they always have Taysom Hill if if he gets really bad. That's right. Yep. But but. Uh, I know y'all are going to be going to college football after this. So uh, well, why don't you say something about college? If you want to talk about college, do that and get it started. Go ahead. We're transitioning. Uh, okay. This is the first game uh, that uh, LSU, that Arkansas will be favored over LSU since yeah, Arkansas that. came in into the Southeastern Conference. Yes, Pierre, I saw that. What do you know, Pierre, about the investigation? Apparently, LSU is – under scrutiny from the NCAA again because uh, apparently of mishandling sexual assault allegations against football players? Yeah, I heard today, I got a notification today saying that LSU had hired this big uh, fancy law firm to look into it. So, <laughs> so I guess we'll, just, we'll, keep an eye, we'll keep an eye on that. 
Yeah, well, there's smoke, there's fire. If I mean, they could just say, no, it's not true. But it, uh, if they hire a fancy law firm, that means that uh, there's some fire in that smoke somewhere. Well, that could be. But they do have some money, Pierre. They've been making some money over the years, yeah. so they can't afford it. So I'm not well, worried Del- about Odell Beckham was handing out money, remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but now now they're trying to say that it wasn't real money, that it yeah, was not well. money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll bet it was. last year, too. Yeah, right. All right. Okay. Uh, All right. Good transition to college football. It is. But first, I think we need to hit the high school game that we uh, wanted to talk about. Perry, tell us about this eight-man football game in Iowa the other day. Right. What what people have to understand is for schools that are small enough to where they can't really field an 11-man team, you have in some states it's eight-player, and in some states I think it's even six-player. We but, have six men in Texas. We don't have eight men. Yeah. But in this in this case, it was an eight player football game, and um, Remsen St. Mary's, which is just to the north of Sioux City, they scored a hundred and eight points. And then Montezuma, which is in uh, Powashee County, which is kind of halfway between Des Moines and Iowa City, they scored ninety four points, and there was a whole lot of eight man records. Uh, that were broken. The one that wasn't broken, it was the second highest combined score in eight-player football. Okay. And it took four hours and five minutes, you said, Four right? hours and five minutes to play it. The way you score all the points is it's a, an 80-yard field, and I believe that the, the uh, distances is a little bit shorter in the width as well. So a yeah, lot of it. Also, do they have just now that that just crossed my mind, for the downs, is it first and eight? Or is no, it first and yeah. ten? No, it's no, first, no, it's first, first and ten. ten. All right. It's still first and, and 10. Yes, it is. Okay. And, but and a lot of teams other, in eight-player things, a lot of teams in eight-player games, even on the home side of the of the 40, a lot of teams will go for it because they just yeah. they think they're close enough. Yeah. It's like arena ball, basically. Yeah, yes, right. In a lot of right. ways. Uh-huh. In a lot of, okay. All right, and the other field is a feel-good high school story. This happened Friday night. Vandergrift High School in Leander, Texas, which is suburb of Austin, just north. They were playing another suburb, Hutto, and – they had, and this made the national news. They even put, the, they showed this on World News Tonight last night, or one of the a, one of the national news. Uh, they have a team manager, Tommy Harmon, who is autistic. He's been with them all four years. He travels with them, and he's a huge. He knows football. I mean, huge Detroit Lions fan. He can tell all the plays. He knows all the roads to get to all the stadiums, and so it was a senior year. They decided, hey, it's going to be their last home game. They, they called up the people at Hutto, and they said, hey, uh, we'd like to let – they told them the story. We'd like to let Tommy score a touchdown. And so they started off the first game, and the guys the guys did it. They didn't just – you know, they chased him. They tried to stop, tried to, but they let him get that first touchdown and made, and several Detroit Lions sent him a message or encouragement, and they let him work out with the team where normally the managers don't. So good feel-good story in high school. Oh, yeah. Then sneaking into college a little bit, but just barely. It was just such an unusual way to end the game. We had a game, I guess, last Wednesday night. Western Michigan and Toledo played in uh, the Mid-American games on Wednesday night. And Western Michigan, um, I think they probably could have done this, but they decided to fake the spike instead of spiking the ball and then set up for their last play. They faked it, <coughs> a la Dan Marino on uh, November 27, 1994. He did that to the Dolphins, uh, to, uh, for the Dolphins to the Jets. This is the first time I remember that happening and won the game for him. Western Michigan beating Toledo for Forty-one to thirty-eight. That was pretty cool. You don't see oh, that yeah. very and, often. And then, of course, the big th- big story last week. Uh, well, because of COVID and every other stuff, the Big Ten and Pac-12 were on display. Plus, the Big Twelve had a bunch of teams with buys, but the Big Ten and man, I will. G- I'm going to give the Pac-12 some props. 
for this. Utah and Arizona State both had to, couldn't play. Utah was playing UCLA. Arizona State was playing Cal. Friday morning, the Pac-12 said, hey, you guys are going to play Saturday night at 7.30 Pacific time. You know, it's a home game for you, UCLA. Uh, Cal, you're going to be traveling to Arizona State. What about a Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific at UCLA? Cal, you guys are going to play later anyway. We can move this around. And the yeah. teams agreed to it. And they played yeah, Sunday good. morning. So they, Pac-12, made the best of a situation getting to, you know, that you see teams, oh, we can't shift our schedule. It's 14 years. We have schedules 14. They did this in 48 hours, basically. They did that. And also the SEC, what they're talking about doing now, if a team is not going to be in the championship, because there's a couple teams like now with Texas A&M, they missed game against Tennessee. They're going to miss the old Miss game this week. And A&M's number five in the country. If you're not going to be playing for the championship, they're talking about you would make the one game up on the 12th, and then earlier in the day before the SEC championship, you could play that other that second missed game if you have one uh, on the 19th. Now, LSU it gets in with them because Alabama and Florida are the two games that they've missed, and Alabama and Florida are probably going to be playing on the 19th in the championship, so they're going to have to surrender one of those games, but you can see like A&M Ole Miss play on the 19th, and then you know Missouri-Georgia, if they can't make it up on the 12th, you know, some different, you know, along with those Big Ten and Pac-12 games. So they're making the best out of that. The Big 12 is still has, luckily, not had any postponements, but I got to bill your Indiana Hoosiers, man. <laughs> they did it again. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing they're doing well, and I guess I looked in the uh, Globe yesterday and looked at there's a top twenty five section there. I guess they're going to play Ohio State this week. Yes, it is. They're playing Ohio State. That's that's what I said. That's probably the game. That that along with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are like my two big highlight games. Indiana, Ohio State. Play, Indiana's playing for first place in the Eastern Division. Indiana took down Michigan. They took down Michigan State this week, which Michigan, that's not a big thing. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I mean, they came back. They beat up on Michigan. It wasn't even wasn't even a close game. And so in the West now, in the Northwestern, Northwestern, Wisconsin are your teams that are battling with the West. Indiana's battling with Ohio State. And then, you know, Pac-12, I'll tell you, this was the other Really, really good game this last week was USC Arizona. I mean, they battled all the way to the end. That was that was probably the best actual game of last week. The Arizona US the USC Arizona USC came out on top right at the end. You know, Oregon holding off Washington State. They almost lost Oregon. Everybody thinks that's a darling truck, but not really a lot. A lot of and a lot of stories now that uh, Harbaugh is probably going to be done. After oh, that this was year a horrible. Michigan. I mean, it's one, one thing to lose to Wisconsin, but they, they get killed. I mean, you right. know, you can't. And do not that. only not only that, Adam Schefter tweeted this morning that not only is he going to be done at Michigan, there's not a lot of appetite for Jim Harbaugh no. in the NFL anymore either. And no, I think he's first time hard since to, He's been hard to get along with. Yeah, he's been hard first to get along since with. Ni- first time since 1935 that Michigan has started one and three. Wow. Right. And speaking of a coach, coach getting fired, Will Muschamp got fired at uh, South Carolina. He had a 28-30 record with the Gamecocks when he was let go. Uh, I guess we've got a couple of postponements and cancellations. Arizona State and Colorado is canceled already. Yeah. Uh, yep. Mississippi and Texas A&M is postponed. And is there any more on college football before we get to college basketball? There is not, no. but we do have a call. That's uh, Jerry, if you want to unmute yourself, we can hear you. Hello, Jerry. Okay. There you go. Well, I, I really feel bad for Penn State. They're having a bad year as well. And uh, 
Well, kind of backtracking a little bit, today is a significant event. Um, I learned this morning that back in 1946, the Green Bay Packers were the first team to ever fly somewhere to play an NFL game. They flew to play the New York Giants, but lost seven to three. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Well, and and that, was, yes, also, that would have been a Sunday. That's right. Yeah, Sunday, the seventeenth of November. And there's okay. also another NFL anniversary. Uh, what famous game took place oh, Chris, on 19, uh, November seventeenth, nineteen sixty-eight? The Heidi game. That is right. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yep, I remember and, that. And the cool and thing was. And, in college. Oh, go ahead. My brother, go ahead, my brothers were watching that the game, and of course they took it off to start Heidi, and they were not happy. I had WABC on listening to Merle Harmon, so I got to hear the end of the game, and uh, you know, very few people did because uh, I had the game on uh, Jets Radio, WABC, and, uh, and I, so I came out, told them what happened, and they're like, "Really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> crazy." But uh, they had to have Kurt Gowdy come on and uh, recap it afterwards. They had because they and the whole switchboard basically burnt and lit up like a Christmas tree because everybody was so mad. They never, ever, ever. I don't care now if it's forty-two to three or something. They'll never take a game off again. That was it. No, that was the end of that. But back to college real quick. Saturday was the fiftieth anniversary of the Marshall plane crash. Uh, killed seventy-five people, and Marshall won Saturday, so they are now seven and zero. Oh. They won on the fifth. They beat middle. They beat up on Middle Tennessee. So Marshall is one of those group of five teams that's getting in the mix there on the fiftieth anniversary of that plane crash. Yep. Okay, that's true. And then um, I guess we have a couple of little news in college basketball about two we uh, do, uh, Jim. successful coaches. One is not well, and one doesn't have a job anymore, Perry. Well, we have two that are Jim Beheim yeah. and Kermit Davis. Beheim, Syracuse, Kermit Davis, Ole Miss have both tested positive for the uh, virus, and uh, that is correct that one doesn't have a job. Greg Marshall resigned this morning after an internal invest- investigation showed that he was abusive to coaches and players but uh, if you had any sympathy for Greg Marshall, he'll be okay. He gets a buyout for $8 million. Well, and his wife can have a few parties now. And she, not can have to worry about some, she can have some uh, libations now, yes. That's yeah. right. And the NCAA tournament, they're going to do it. They're leaning toward doing it in a bubble, having it all in one area. So all 68 teams and the state of Indiana and the city of Indianapolis have all have reached out. They say because you got Lucas Oil Field, Bankers Live, Butler Stadium, IUPUI, the Coliseum. There you got the uh, you know Bloomington just down the road, Ball State. They got all these arenas around there. They've reached out saying they could do this and have it all in the so it could be in your area there, Bill. Yeah. Well, it looks so very yeah. very close. They're talking about it a lot. So we'll, well you see. know the thing is, yeah. of course, that's nice. It's in your area, but you won't be able to go. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well be in Naples, right? Yeah. Well, you'd be in Naples, they, but I they mean, really want to get fans? that turn. They really want to get that tournament in though this year because th- a lot of money was lost. A lot oh, of yeah. TV yeah. money when they when with the oh, loss right. of last year's tournament. They and do if, not want to do and that if they again. Have, and if they have them in winter, who knows? In March, if if Indiana's yeah, they, allowing limited fans in March, you know, I'm they sure might. they may kind of like to do with the World Series in October. Yep, we'll see. That's you know, true. We're in I Indiana, mean, by March but, we may have at least a vaccine for for some people, so that that could be uh, that could be true. So I guess we said we were going to go with baseball next, are we? Uh, after yeah, we are. College? And there's Don't there's some news. baseball stories. Oh, there's a lot of news in baseball. There's a lot of baseball stories. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to do it. Um, you know, just so we don't forget anything, I'm going to do it chronologically. But it's not the biggest story of the day. The biggest story is actually the last 
backstory of the day, I think, the way that I have. Anyway, Marcus Strollman, uh, back to the Mets for uh, 18 million, one of the few players to pick up his option, but he was very impressed with what Steve Cohen had to say in his press conference and so forth and thinks the Mets have a future. So he, he marches to his own drummer anyway. I've heard kind of crazy things about him. He's a little bit like Trevor Bauer. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all goes, but uh, he's a good pitcher. That's for sure. Uh, so, and then uh, the Cy Young awards were given out. Shane Beaver of Cleveland won it in the American league and Trevor Bauer won it. We just mentioned Cincinnati in the national league. First time any red has ever won the, uh, uh, Cy Young, and uh, but he's going to be leaving the Reds. He's going to be a free agent, so chances are he will not say. Um, Beaver won the uh, won his unanimously, and it's the first time anybody has done that in the American League since Justin Verlander with the Tigers in 2011, uh, and, and that year he was also the MVP. The White Sox, speaking of MB, MVP, are going back to WMVP, AM 1000, for their radio. They've been uh, wandering the dial lately. They've been on, oh, uh, you know, where were they to score? And then they went to WLS, and then they went to WGN. But now they're going back to WMVP, one of their former homes. Of course, the Cubs are on the score. So now you've got the two teams on the two big competing sports stations, which is kind of the way you, you think it ought to be. And, you know, sure. um, their, their first game is scheduled for, for uh, February 27th against Milwaukee. So we'll see if... How <laughs> we were nowhere near knowing how spring training is going to go yeah. yet. Uh, a multi-year, that is a multi-year deal, Chris. Yeah, they were only on one year's with WLS and WGN, uh, one or two years maybe GN1 with WLS was all they had there. Jose Abreu, speaking of the White Sox, was the uh, AL MVP, and Freddie Freeman of the Braves in the National League. We had kind of talked about that a little bit. I, I don't know whether we talked about it here, but I think we did, that uh, maybe uh, it, it could be uh, Mookie, but Mookie had the one in an 18 in the American League, and Freddie Freeman, I guess, uh, both had a excellent seasons, but um, I think one of the reasons that I think some of the uh, reason, not all, but I think some people might have voted for Freeman in this vein because he did recover from COVID and he, he was, he wasn't asymptomatic. He had symptoms with it and he came back and and really put up good numbers and and that probably played with some voters. Okay. Now another historic, historic thing happened. Uh, Miami Maine named Kim Ng as their first woman uh, general manager. She's the first Asian American to be a, a, a general manager in um, a you know, woman certainly in North America to be a general manager, and maybe Asian American in North America to be a general yes, manager. I'm not sure about that. She's the first woman in any North American men's professional sports league to be a GM, and she's also the first Asian American to be a GM in baseball. Right. And Amy Trask is the person we were thinking of because what came to mind was I knew somebody was pretty high up in in uh, in the Raiders organization, and it was Amy Trask, and she I think uh, was a what was she uh, what was her uh, position, Robert? Um, I forget what her official title was, but personnel. Uh, Director of personnel, maybe. Personnel department, and uh, you know, Al Davis was such an innovator. He's he hired the first black coach and all this. And I thought if anybody would have given a woman a job first, it would have been him. But Amy never got that shot, and uh, it's kind of too bad because if you listen to her on CBS now, because she's on the CBS Sports Network on their. uh, uh, pre-game show before the NFL today, and she knows her football. I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised that. Well, that Jim Ng you know, is very qualified. If, yeah. I'll, I'll say it. If she were a man, she probably would have been hired ten or fifteen years ago. That's right. Were, I'll not say only, it, not I mean, only that, not only that though. Uh, she was loyal to people too. I mean, she's. It sounds like maybe not GM, but she's had chances to be pretty high. But she, she was, was loyal she to, was her, to her employers. She was Brad Cashman's assistant, 98 to 2000, all that run. She came up with the White Sox. She interned to work with them, and then she went. uh, She went to the Dodgers. Yep. Okay. 
And then the Angels named their uh, person, and it's Perry Manazian, I guess is why we're saying it, the assistant uh, for Atlanta, and he was named as the Angels general manager. I guess wasn't the most attractive GM uh, job no. in the world. Uh, no. uh, so they wanted, they wanted a lot of big-time people, uh, Dave Dombrowski among others, and basically uh, thanks but no thanks was the reply they got. Right, and so apparently the Mets and Phillies GM jobs are are open now, right? Is that what yeah, we're saying? Yeah, that is correct. And there's a so, rumor on one of those already for one that was the next story that we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, well, it's kind of been you know uh, put on. Well, we'll see. You never know. Now, Tommy Lasorda has been in the hospital. He's had heart problems. Uh, he's in the been in the ICU. He's resting comfortably. He's 93 years old. It is not uh, COVID related, but he is uh, the oldest Hall of Famer, baseball Hall of Famer. And then the last story of the day and the biggest story probably of the week, Theo Epstein resigned today and Jed Hoyer took over as president of the Cubs. And uh, just <laughs> Jed Hoyer took over for him here, too. And the uh, thing is, you know, you, you just wonder. He says he wants to spend time with the family, take a year off and all that other stuff. But you, uh, you do wonder, and the Mets fans are wondering if maybe he could get involved with the Mets. Well, I would I would suspect no, and I say that for this reason. They hired Alderson for at least the next couple of years. Right. And I don't know that I see Theo wanting to go in there and actually work behind somebody. Right. And uh, Theo, Theo did say today that if he is going to run a team, he wants to be part he wants to be part of the ownership group. So Right. Um, I, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But and Steve Cohen, Steve Cohen did come out and say after he heard that he would be more than happy to give him a piece of the Mets. So we'll wait and see. Yeah. And, hey, uh, well, you know, Josh, also, Chris, Josh Tomlin yesterday signed a one year deal with the Braves. But, okay. but yeah, getting on Theo Epstein real quick. You know, like I said, he he in, he built two teams that ended their their streaks. You know, they their droughts. The Red, the Red Sox, Sox and yeah. the Cubs. Right. Yeah. Well, now the streak, the streak, if you want to go into streak, but they don't have any money to really put players uh, the way he'd want to because both the Red Sox and Cubs had the money to spend. The Indians are the streak now. That's 1948, yeah. so there's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But winning in New York is a thing that you do that, and you're heard of, heard of forever. You know, you win a championship with one of those teams, and to go against the Yankees again. I mean, that'd be yeah. kind of, you know, that'd be yeah. a, a kind of a thing to, to <clears throat> put in your cap. And he's a, he's a Red, you know, an original Red Sox fan. He's from Brookline here. So going against the Yankees, uh, uh, you know, you're going to play them six times a year, but also in the same market. See if you can uh, get it, as they always say, the back page of the of the post, you know. And, and uh, uh, like, uh, like I said, Cohen heard that, and he did say uh, Steve Epstein is the top candidate, and he would give him whatever he needed to, yeah. to take the job. Yeah. So we'll see. And, if, uh, and the other point that they made, because I was going to ask Perry about it, they kind of answered the question. Perry, see if you agree that the reason that uh, he's getting out, he's getting out while the getting's good, because they're going to have so many free agent, agents coming out the Cub, and that uh, the core of the free agent they're all free agents after next year right so he's getting out while the getting's good and he kind of said i don't want to be involved in decisions that i won't be around for four or five years to implement so he doesn't want to be rebuilding even if it's a you know a minor rebuild of a year or two where you drop down as a you know below 500 for what they're saying what i'm hearing chris is that the they want to kind of do what the yankees did maybe in 2016 you know just kind Mm -hmm. of take a one-year reset and do it that way but they are working on an extension Jed Hoyer, so you know, for him to, to totally take that position, right? And that's yeah, and that's right. And you know, again, he was he was here, and he I think he did okay here too. You know, he he they got Dombrowski and Hoyer was edged out, but that was kind of a political decision, I think. And uh, you know, and uh, and where are they now? So we'll see. They're trying to do that one year reset and uh, see what they can do this coming year themselves. So I guess uh, is any more in baseball? Or we can go to the NBA. Well, let's get on to the NBA. With NBA. Some big trades going on there. Yeah, why don't you run a lot of that down, Sean? Because you've been uh, pretty much on top of that. 
All right. Well, first of all, this has been finally just made official. Uh, Robert Covington to Portland for Trevor Ariza and the 16th draft pick in this year's draft and a future draft pick in 22, I believe it is. It uh, doesn't say what it is. You can't do back-to-back years after the Ted Stepien deal with Dallas when he sent all the guys, you know, way back with the Mavericks in Cleveland when, Stepien, when Ted Stepien destroyed the Cavaliers. Back now, these guys, Sean, these coming. guys are going from where to Portland? All right, from Houston, Portland. Uh, tri- no, yeah, Ariza and the draft pick are coming to Houston. Robert Cummington is coming from Houston to Portland. So, yeah. And okay. the other trades, Oklahoma City made a couple of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder to uh, the Lakers for Danny Green and their first-round draft pick, the 28th pick in tomorrow night's draft. Also, Chris Paul, Abdul Nader going to uh, Phoenix for Ty Jerome, Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, and a 2022 draft pick. Uh, Milwaukee made a couple of moves, uh, picking up uh, – they traded – it was George Hill and yep. Eric Bledsoe to to uh, New Orleans for Drew Holiday, which I think mm-hmm. he's better than both those guys. And then they picked up Bogdanovich from Sacramento. Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, yeah. Bogdanovich, yeah. yeah, for some compensation Milwaukee did. And Milwaukee is doing this because Giannis is getting close to where he can do his max deal. So they're trying to make Giannis happy. And what, Giannis wants to stay in Milwaukee. He, and, he likes mm-hmm. Milwaukee, but he wants to see – that his team is going to uh, put people around him, yeah. And also, and also uh, New Orleans got three number one draft picks. Out yeah, of New, New Orleans got three number one draft picks that'll be spaced out over like uh, this year, twenty two and twenty four, I believe it is. And but with Milwaukee, it's going to be pretty high. Uh, yeah. Rumor mill. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, both want out of Houston. They're both Harden wants to go play with his buddies Kyrie and Kevin Durant up in Brooklyn. So, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff there. Who is it wanting to go to Philadelphia? Somebody wants to go there, don't they? Well, uh, that's the other team. That's, that's the other team, Harden team that Harden would like to go to. Harden. Yeah. Okay. Brooklyn or Philadelphia. But Brooklyn is the main. He'd like to go there. Russell Westbrook, uh, there was talk of him possibly going to the Clippers for Paul George and some others, you know, because changing contracts. But Also, play. Michael Jordan has thrown the Hornets into the mix. So yeah, wait. he has a shoe deal. He has yeah. a shoe deal with uh, Jordan so for Air Jordan. So that. You may see that happen with Russell Westbrook and the Hornets, but the Nets right now have not given up enough for Harden. Harden still has two years on his contract. I think Westbrook still has a couple years on his contract. Uh, so, and a lot of it is they're not happy with Tillman for Cheetah. So that the owner uh, Westbrook and but I'm thinking if Harden goes to if Harden goes to Brooklyn, are there enough balls for Durant, Irving? No. I don't and think so. Harden? I don't no. think. And, and then we got the draft tomorrow night. Uh, we do. Not really and too Matt, many. Where, okay, now the draft, is there any uh, big names that are going to be out there? Oh, uh, no, that's what I was about to get to. There's not yeah. really any big. The big names, Anthony Edwards, I think, out of Villanova. Uh, they got the ball kid, the young ball, Lamelo, And they got James Weissman, the kid out of Memphis, who uh, he was playing and then ruled ineligible because Penny Hardaway, as a high school coach, had given him a loan or so, given his family a loan, even though it was paid back. But he went ahead and just sat out the season and said, I'll play Weissman's is probably the one that a lot of teams are looking. He has he doesn't have the baggage that the other two have. But other than that, you've got a lot of role players coming in to this year's draft. So you're, that's why you're seeing so many draft picks being thrown around because there's not right. really any major. Like if Golden State were to get Weissman, if they don't trade that pick before tomorrow, Golden State, that would be a good move because it would be a good young player to mix in. With well, and, and, that, and Sean, that is the Warriors' weakness. They don't have any. They don't have any size. 
And no, yeah, so, and he's seven one. Yeah, he's seven one. He'd be the big. But a lot of a lot of teams, Minnesota's not sure if they want. There's the rumor that Minnesota could trade because they don't want the ball. They don't want little Lamelo ball. They're not real. Big and they uh, they're talking about Edwards if they keep the pick. So. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. And there's also that Charlotte, Jordan doesn't know if he wants to deal with LaMelo Ball. And I know Golden State doesn't. So no. uh, you're probably going to see Edwards 1 if they keep it, Weissman 2 if they keep it, and then LaMelo Ball 3. And then it'll just drop off after yeah. that. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of foreign <laughs> players just... I have, a feel, I have a feeling you're going to see lots of trade tomorrow night during the draft. Yeah. Like the thing is, you got a lot of guys that are kind of like a Trevor or Reza type coming in, you know, good role players, but nothing... Nothing major. And then, of course, free agency starts on Friday, yep. and then Sunday they can sign players, and then December 1st, training camp opens December 22nd, season starts uh, at the different arenas, uh, and, you know, but, so that's pretty yeah. much NBA now, that I can think What of. would you, yeah, before we get off the NBA, what would you guys recommend for, you know, tomorrow night, If you and again, there's no other sports going on except maybe a Mac game or two, but, uh, you yeah. know, so this is, this is a Wednesday night activity. Would you recommend ESPN Radio? Would you recommend any NBA radio or uh, ESPNU, I heard, is actually doing coverage. So uh, um, They'll probably do it from a college right angle. I would probably recommend yeah. um, the NBA radio. That's normally good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and NBA course, TV also is and, doing coverage. And NBA <laughs> TV is good. So is ESPN TV. But for oh, yeah. Well, I read the TV, per- but for radio people, there's a lot of listen to, to hear. Uh, you know, ra- a radio perspective, I'd probably go with uh, uh, NBA radio. NBA radio. Now, yeah. the other thing, uh, just quickly on the NHL, I read an interesting article. Maybe you saw it too, Robert, on um, from Kevin Paul DuPont, who's considered the best hockey writer. He said they're really nowhere near figuring out what they're going to do in the NHL. I know Robert no, last week not- was talking about bubbles and, yeah. um, and all that. He didn't even mention the Canadian division. I'm not saying that's ruled out or anything. Just wasn't something he mentioned. He talked about maybe they would do two or three games in a city like you, you'd have. Go to Pittsburgh for a couple, play your both games against Pittsburgh, then go to the New York area and play two against each team, then come home and have people come in and play two games against you. Sort of like yeah. a baseball model. They're talking about that. That was the one he talked about. He said that uh, Batman had said all along there'd be 70, uh, you know, uh, 82 games, and now he's backed off, and they think that the target that they're looking for is 48. The, the training camps for the provisional schedule that they came out to open on New Year's Day, if all do on well, the training camps would have opened this week. And they just, yeah. so, you know, the, the whole thing. Also, they've got so, so much more, so many more complications than the NBA. I mean, the NBA, yeah, they got international players and stuff, but the, the NHL has them all over the world. People yeah. went home. They've got, some of them have been home since March because they weren't around, you know, the, they knew their teams weren't going to be in any contention. Uh, of course, there were the people who went to the bubble and then maybe uh, they were supposed to stay in their markets, but, you know, you can't make them all do that. So, no, nope. we don't really know what uh, what and getting and the whole Canada U.S. thing again. We we know in the NBA that Toronto is talking about playing in Louisville, so that uh, and, still, and that's that, final. They're looking well, for well, one at a time. Go ahead, Robert, you know. go ahead. Robert, I was going to say I was going to say the Louisville thing is out. As last I heard, they were talking to Tampa about possibly playing there. Sean, have you heard anything else? I have heard Tampa. I've heard Hartford. I've heard the Buffalo Rochester area. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens to them. But that's the, my point is to just uh, we went into a lot of detail about the bubbles and all that stuff, but the bubbles right. um, may burst. We don't know. We just have to wait and see. So okay. So I think it's time for the poll question. Yes. Call in right now at six four six eight seven six nine nine two three two eight seven seven two three forty six hundred. Hit the pound key twice. And the poll question: 
events or venues that you've been to that you're just like, you know, that you've been to that just amazed you or that it was like, hey, I've got to go to that. So Memorable start moment. Start with Chris. Yeah, yeah okay. Chris. Well, the, the one, and I'm, I'm stealing Rick Thunder here because, uh, you know, that he would, might have been thinking about calling in. We went to see, uh, after a regional ACB conference in New England here, we went to Yale Bowl when the Giants were playing at Yale Bowl, and we saw the Jets and Giants play each other. The one thing I was bummed about was Marty Glickman uh, had a cold, and he wasn't announcing. I was switching back and forth. Uh, Marv Albert, this was 1974, and uh, Marv Albert was uh, doing the Giants on WNEW, and Lester Smith, who did a good job, was on WOR doing the Jets, but Marty Glickman wasn't there, so that was too bad. But it was the first decided overtime game in the NFL. The overtime had just come in that year, and it was sudden death, and, uh, you know, 15 minutes, and, uh, you know, they uh, had had a Pittsburgh-Denver game with the first one, and that was not settled. It was a tie, but the Jets won it on a Joe Namath quarterback sneak, and Joe Namath did it. He was about 30, 31 years old with about a 36-year-old body, but he snuck it into the end zone, and, and uh, they won the game. The Jets beat the Giants, uh, which we were not happy about being Giant fans, but it was fun. It was a wonderful day. It was in the 70s, similar to weather we had uh, around here last week, and that was great. Uh, another thing I got to do, my, my nephew, uh, Johnny, uh, was a uh, goalie for Harvard, and I got to see him play in the Boston Garden in the Beanpot Tournament. They lost the game, but but he was uh, he was playing goal, and he did a pretty good job. Uh, they lost their Beanpot game, and I got to see him in a few other games at Harvard and, and another couple at the Garden. But to be in the Beanpot, which, by the way, is canceled for this year because, you know, BU, BC, Harvard, Northeastern, they will not, uh, I don't even know what the story is. I guess there is some college hockey, but I know the Ivy League not playing any winter sports, so that's canceled this year. I did see, as I mentioned quickly, the Red Sox win the wild card, uh, you know, and I did see a great finals game again Rick uh, saw that with me uh, with the uh, Bucks and the Celtics game six would have been the championship if the Celtics had won it went into overtime and Kareem and John Havlicek were Kareem with his sky hooks and John Havlicek with his shots went back and forth and back and forth a great duel similar to Bird and Dominique uh, not as many points but the, the whole fourth the half, second half of the fourth quarter and all overtime Kareem then Havlicek then Kareem then Havlicek and finally the Bucks won it and went to the seventh game the Celtics won but those were my uh, big memories or things that I got to see Perry? Well, we don't have a lot of professional <laughs> venues around here, so I'll give you the one I have been to, and that being the Metrodome. Uh, it was that was back when the Twins were in their heyday. You had, you know, Jack Morris with the Tigers at that point, uh, Kirby Puckett and Herback, and all those guys with the Twins. Uh, I've been to a lot of games, Triple uh, A games, and there've been, of course, major leaguers here. Kerry Wood was on rehab when I the stadium was actually totally full that night, so uh, I've seen a lot of those. Uh, the Unidome, of course, uh, for a lot of UNI football games and some basketball games. Oops, I think we. Oh, I think we lost Perry. Nope, uh, there we are. Uh, there we okay. are. Uh, all right. That's okay. All right. I guess that's it for you. Yeah, that's some you've yep. been to. Yep. All right, Robert. Um. Well, my biggest event I went to, and they replayed it over the summer, and I got a chance to to, to hear it when NFL radio was replaying the games on Sunday. Uh, I went to the Steve Hands game. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the Raiders and the Dolphins. Uh, Ken Stabler to uh, Clarence Davis to end the game. And uh, of course, I spent a lot of time in the Coliseum, but that was my most memorable game I ever went to uh, by far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bill? Bill? My favorite probably was attending my first Reds game at Riverfront and then the new stadium. Those two, along with going to a Pacers game when they were in the old ABA and they had broke a scoring record for a game. So that was, those are things that just stand out in my mind. 
I know you were in Cleveland for a while. Did you ever get to go uh, yes. to any Cleveland stuff, the Cavaliers yes, or the did. Indians or anything? I got to see both of them. I got to go to a Cavs game and in the Indians. And I forgot about that. That was great, too. Yeah. Did, did you go to free beer night? No, I didn't get to free beer night. <laughs> That's the I time think... to go is the free. Well, you, oh, you, know what they, you know what they say? You know what they say here? They draw very well when it's a dollar beer night. Yeah. Oh, man. I listened to that game and uh, Joe Tate and Herb score doing that game. And that was just the weirdest crowd sound you ever heard in your life. Just a total buzz all the time. They had to stop. And, about the, and of course, the Indians forfeited the game. Oh, what a what a crazy situation. Now, they weren't free. I think they were 10 cents or something. But 10 cents whatever, beer night. Oh, whatever it was, it was not a good idea. That and disco, the disco uh, night yeah. in Chicago. That didn't work out too well either. Yeah, yeah, disco demolition night. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, from WLS did that. Yeah. that was it right. was great and, to hear Joe uh, Tate too. Joe Tate when I was in Cleveland at the at oh, the yeah. stadium. Great. Oh man, he was a great announcer. He was both for the uh, you know especially the Cowboys but also the Indians. Did yes, a good he job. did. He and Herb Score were good too. Oh yeah. Okay, Sean. All right. Well, for me. I've been to the Astrodome many times, which, you know, first dome stadium. So I've been there for plenty of high school events, some college games, uh, baseball games. Uh, but one memorable event I went to in 1994, Cliff Gustafson, former coach of the Texas Longhorns baseball coach. He was the guy that Augie Garrido replaced. He became, he set the record for most wins in college baseball, which later on, Augie Garrido ended up breaking. But Cliff, Cliff Gustafson, I was there that night at Dishwalk Field. Also, I happened to be, in 1998, Tim Duncan's very first playoff game. In that when they were playing the Jazz, I won free tickets off WAI, and my buddy was getting ready to move to Seattle because my dad couldn't go. So, you know, he said, well, hey, uh, what about going? You know, I was home at my parents, and so I you know, went on in, and I told my buddy, I said, hey, you're moving to Seattle. You want to go? And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. So those are some of my yeah, so 1977. I saw the first San Antonio playoff game in the in, in their NBA history when they played the Celtics here. Celtics beat them, but it was uh, and they beat them pretty. You know, in 10, 15 points. Then they went to San Antonio and won the series. So it was two out of three. Uh, but uh, the thing is, San Antonio, Houston were in the East. That's how goofy the NBA. Was. Well, yeah, when they put them in, yeah, because when ABA and all them they came in, they just threw San Antonio in the East and Houston and it was already yeah. That was, yeah, that was, yeah. They fixed it in '80 when the Mavericks came in, but any yeah. callers with any memories? Jerry, if you want to unmute, we would be able to hear you. Hello, Jerry. Jerry. Okay, uh, I have gone to several uh, different venues. Uh, one of my first, my my father. Now I don't know. I didn't get a heck of a lot out of this, but he took me to Connie Mack Stadium. Uh, the Cedar Phillies play the Cincinnati Reds in like 1955. Uh, I don't remember that much about it, but I remember some of the players. I remember hearing the names of Granny Hamner and yep. Willie Jones and Marv Laylock. And Willie Jones like was Puddinghead. Wasn't that Puddinghead Jones? Yeah, that was Puddinghead Jones. Yes, yeah, that's indeed. Right. I don't yeah. want to call him that, but he was you probably Well, I, I, don't, I don't want to hazard a, a guess on his intelligence or anything like that, but that, that maybe, I don't know, don't ask me. Now, the, the thing I have probably at that age, you're six years old, going to a baseball game, you probably remember more about the hot dogs and the ice cream than the baseball, right? That's right. That's what I had, <laughs> and a bunch of hot dogs and ice cream. Yeah. But my first memorable, okay, I went to a North Catholic 
Frankfurt game on Thanksgiving Day with my brother in 1960, and North Catholic won it. It was 21 to seven. The game was actually broadcast on WHYY. Okay. Uh, the public said they have this uh, game every year. North Catholic. Well, I doubt if they're going to have it this year, but uh, or if they do, they're having it with no fans. But uh, that's the first football game I ever went to. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to several. It's too numerous to mention. I, w- I went to. Oh, uh, the first NFL game we ever did was uh, uh, we did a couple. We did a couple of uh, Steeler games. One before you know the a- NFL and a- when they were separate leagues, yep. we went to see the Steelers play the Washington Redskins in 1969. A group of us from the Greater Pittsburgh Guild for the Blind went there, and. And the day after Christmas, I felt like that. I felt like they did it. They must have fell at Green Bay at the Ice Bowl. I'll tell you what: the Steelers were playing the Carolina Panthers. It was uh, December twenty sixth, nineteen ninety nine, and there was four of us in church that went to the. This one guy was given tickets, and four of us went to the game, and we really, uh, as my former boss used to say, we froze our patoots off. We had okay, yeah, two, I bet two, I bet. Uh, two, and, and you know that. Wind was blowing, and it was like the third quarter, and it was snowing, and it was something else. <laughs> and of course, oh. I went to several different Phillies games. I've never gone to a college basketball game yet, uh, although I uh, let's see, I did go to one NBA game. I went to a Philadelphia 76er Phoenix Suns game at the Spectrum uh, on February 26th of 1969, and the Sixers won 104 to 90. Okay, not a bad game. And, and that was the year after they had traded uh, Will Chamberlain. So that was the year uh, that they and uh, the Celtics beat them in the playoffs in the first round. But the Sixers were not a bad team. They were they finished second in the East. They're, they're, you know, uh, Baltimore was first, and the, the Sixers were second. Knicks were third. Celtics were fourth. And the Knicks beat uh, uh, Baltimore, and the Celtics beat the Sixers. So they, that's how they got to the finals. But yeah, Sixers weren't bad. They got a pretty good ba- amount back for uh, Will, but uh, not enough to, to ever do much after that. So. Okay, we have we have no more callers, Chris. So why don't you wrap it up with the next? All right, here we go. Well, we ran down who the deaths were going to be, and again, the first two are a little longer, but a lot more of a resume to run down. <clears throat> As we talked about last week, uh, Tommy Heinz said, oh, uh, do we want to play that audio or not, though? It's okay. I, I don't mean, care. it's up to you. I've got it. If you want to hear it, how long? How long is it? Seven minutes. It's up to you. Well, let's uh, just. If you want to blow it off, it's fine too. It can I don't know. What do nothing. you guys think? I'd like Let's to just hear blow it. it off. You got a lot of the information that's probably in there from David. All right. Well, whatever. All right. Tommy Heinsohn, eighty-six years old. He graduated. He went to Holy Cross uh, College, of course. I think he was born in New Jersey. It didn't. Uh, Dave, David didn't tell us that. But fifty-three through fifty-six, he was at Holy Cross. Then he came to the Celtics from fifty-six through sixty-five, and eight-time champion fifty-seven, and then fifty-nine through sixty-five. Um, then two more as a coach in seventy-four and seventy-six. He coached the Celtics from 1969 to 1978. He was uh, he was a six-time uh, All-Star and uh, the 57 Rookie of the Year. Now, the reason he was the 57 Rookie of the Year, as I explained last week, he came to the Celtics right at the beginning of the season. But Bill Russell was in uh, Australia for the Olympics, didn't get there till a little before Christmas. So Tommy Heinsohn was the Rookie of the Year uh, the same year they both came in. His number 15 was retired by the Celtics in 1966. They've retired many numbers. 24 was retired by Holy Cross. And then uh, he was the coach of the year in 1973 for the, with the Celtics. Uh, his coaching record was 12,194 uh, wins, uh, 
No, yeah, one, yeah, twelve thousand one hundred ninety-four. Yeah, uh, no, no, these are no. points. I'm sorry, that wouldn't be twelve thousand one hundred ninety-four points. There we go. Five hundred, uh, five thousand seven hundred forty-nine rebounds and three hundred eighteen assists. Of course, he was a power forward. His coaching record, more like it, four twenty-seven and to two sixty-three. And he's the Hall of Fame player in 86. He got in uh, the coach coaching Hall of Fame in 15 and the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. Uh, many uh, He died of uh, many diabetic complications and uh, COPD. Then his, uh, his uh, broadcast career, he started at Channel 56 WKGB with Red Auerbach from 1966 through 1969. We talked about that last week. Then he was the coach. Then from uh, 90 to 99, he did the road play-by-play on Channel 25 here. Then it moved to Channel 38 and then Channel 68. And in 81, he joined uh, Mike Gorman on... You meant that was 70 channel. to 79, not 90 to 70. No, I'm, no, uh, 70, no, he was the coach of the Celtics until 78. Yeah, yeah oh, that's right. Okay. No, so we're talking about two, two, three different jobs here. So yeah. he, he was wrote voice of the Celtics from 90 through 99 for those channels. Yeah. Then he came to Sports Channel as a color man in 81 and started to work with Mike Gorman. And they worked together, uh, I think he may have even done some games this season in the first half of the, you know, obviously he didn't do any in the bubble, but he might have done some even this year. So uh, they were together for a long time. And, uh, and he, that was with Sports Channel, and uh, Bob Cousy did some games with them sometimes. And uh, uh, the, the, when somebody would do a, a hustle play or a show extra effort, he'd give them Tommy points. So you got Tommy points for that. Now, C- CBS, he did the playoffs with Dick Stockton, and he did the finals from 84 through 87, and they were all Celtic finals, three with the Lakers, one with Houston, uh, and then uh, with uh, Brent Musburger, and then he, other people he worked with, Brent Musburger, uh, Vern Lundquist, and James Brown, and he did some NCAA ba- basketball from, 80, from 87 until 90, and uh, usually he worked with Vern Lundquist on that. And uh, so, anyway, that was that was. They just did a lot of uh, broadcasting, yeah. playing, coaching. It was, uh, you know, and, and, and everybody said he was a good guy. There was a story in the Globe Dan Shaughnessy had about uh, uh, this. Uh, they uh, this kid. Uh, his parents were friends with both uh, the Heinsons and Johnny Most and his wife because they roomed together on the road, Johnny Most and Tommy Heinson. And they play bridge on Sunday nights, and he heard a lot of, you can't F- trump my effing this and that, you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, from Heinson and Johnny Most. So the guy uh, got a liberal education as a kid. Okay, Paul Horning. Uh, 84 years old. Uh, he died of dementia. He was the golden boy, and uh, you know that's because he played at Notre Dame, the Golden Dome, as I explained before. He was the 56 Heisman Trophy winner, and then the first pick in the 57 draft by the Green Bay Packers. Played for the Packers from 57 through 66. He had a pinched nerve in his neck and not able to play very much in 1966, so he didn't play in Super Bowl one. Uh, he went to New Orleans in 67. When they retired after training camp, and he was with Jim Taylor there. They picked both of them up in the in the expansion. Taylor did get to play there. They were known as uh, Thunder and Lightning, uh, uh, Paul Horning and Jim Taylor. In 63, he was suspended for a year with our old buddy Alec Carrot for betting on football. And uh, people, I remember that being announced. Uh, then for, uh, he also did, it wasn't listed here, but I'm just going to mention it so I don't forget. He used to do pre and uh, halftime and uh, maybe even post-game stuff for Notre Dame. Uh, he would go to South Bend and do stuff. This is in the 90s and 2000s, do Stuff with uh, uh, Tony Roberts on the Notre Dame game on the radio. On some of the games too. I don't yeah, know if he did, well, they had Alan Pinkett. I think Alan yeah. Pinkett might have done the color. He might have been involved a little bit, but I thought he mainly did a little analysis on halftime. Right. Stuff. But yeah. he was the Vikings color man from seventy through seventy four. Then he went from C- to CBS from seventy five through seventy nine. I didn't remember that. And then ABC Radio for the USFL in eighty three through eighty five. The existence of the USL. FL. Red Manfred yeah. and him worked together. That's right. Sideline reporter for. Uh, uh, for uh what was it uh super, super bowl, bowl 12. 12 
Yep. And yep. Uh, college football, he did stuff with TBS in the early 80s. And uh, he, it was a uh, four NFL championships, 61, 62, 65, and 66, and two Pro Bowls. Only two Pro Bowls. That surprises me. But you had Jim Brown and some other folks. Although he was in the West, Jim Brown was in the East anyway. Two Pro Bowls. Don't know why. And then he was the MVP in 61. He rushed uh, rushing touchdowns. He had 60 uh he made uh, the uh, – oh, he led in rushing touchdowns in 1960. He was named to the Green Bay Hall of Fame and the College Football Hall of Fame uh, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 86. 3,711 yards rushing, 50 t- rushing touchdowns, and 1,480 yards receiving and 12 receiving touchdowns and, and three rushing touchdowns in the playoffs. And he was also a place kicker in the early years of his career. They brought in Don Chandler later from the Giants, but he was only 66 for 140 in field goals, but he had 190 of 194 extra points. And he had uh, 24 or 55 in passing because he was uh, had been a quarterback at Notre Dame. 24 or 55 in passing. Of course, their main quarterback was Bart Starr. And five passing touchdowns. And he, in 60, he scored 176 points being a running back and a place kicker. And uh, led Damian Tomlinson, that record stood till he beat it in 2006 with 180 points. So, But he uh, did his, uh, Tomlinson did his, his in his 14th game. Horning did his in 12. So there you go. So that's a lot on Paul Horning and, uh, you know, really a well-known guy. These others won't take as long. Nope. Terry Durod. And I had forgotten this guy played for the Celtics. He was 64 years old. He died of leukemia. He played for, played for Detroit Mercy. I think that's just basically usually called the University of Detroit. Let's just two schools yeah. there. I'll have to ask somebody. I, I believe that one. was, uh, wasn't that one of the teams that Dick Vitale coached? Yes, he coached them, yeah. and then he went to the Pistons. So I think yeah. Durod came with him, basically. Yeah. Detroit mm-hmm. and then to the Pistons, 75 through 79. He was at Detroit. Then the NBA Detroit, 79 and 80. Then Dallas, 80. And then the Celtics uh, from 80 through 82, uh, Golden State, uh, November of 82. And then the CBA, he played for the Detroit, Detroit Spirit, 82 and 83. He, he uh, Then the Italian League, the NBA championship in 81 with the Celtics. And he was the 12th man, and they'd all yell, doo, when he came into the game. I vaguely remember that, but he didn't play much, of course. Uh, let's see. And let's see. He uh, played a total of 133 games. So not made very much and over the four years he was in the NBA. Then we go to Charles Dejeuner, 68 years old. He played a defensive tackle, played for the San Diego Chargers from 76 through 81. Then the Rams, 82 through 86, started 40 of his 118 games, one recovered fumble, and he died of cancer. We have Anthony Stewart, 50 years old. Tennessee Martin, current head coach. He was coaching them from uh, 2016 until now, and we don't know what his cause of death was. Uh, his first year, he was 22 and 30. And they, he was in the second round of the CIT, which of course you uh, you get invited to if uh, you're not. Uh, well, that's one of those the NCAA. That you pay to go to. Yep. you pay to go to that. Yeah. And uh, he he uh, was an assistant at many uh, places: Long Beach State, Wyoming, Southern Illinois, Ohio, Tennessee Martin from 14 to 16. And again, no date details, but a sudden death for him. His coaching record was 51 and 73. And he did not die of the virus, however. Uh, Faye Irvin, 75 years old, Canadian tennis, women tennis player. Uh, she died of cancer. She was the top woman of, uh, in Canada, for, tennis player from 67 through 69. 69, uh, she won the Canadian Open, the last uh, Canadian to win that until 2019. Uh, and she went to the uh, Wimbledon finals uh, uh, in the doubles, or semifinals, quarterfinals for the doubles in 67 in Wimbledon. And she retired in 1970. Then we move to, I think we've got two more. Uh, Mr. Castleman, 
Uh, third base and shortstop. He was 89 years old. Uh, he was a pro from 1949 through 1960, 268 games in the major leagues. He came to uh, the majors with the New York Giants on uh, August 4th of 54, and then uh, he played in the majors through 9-28-58, and then he went from the Gi- Giants 54 through 57, Baltimore in 58, 136 hits, 20 uh, uh, home runs, 65 RBIs, and he hit 205, and he didn't play in the 54 World Series for the Giants. And the last one, though, is uh, our third most prominent person of the uh, of the week, Lindy McDaniel, 84 years old. He debuted 902-55. He uh, was a relief pitcher for St. Louis, 55 through 62. The Cubs, 63 and 65 through 65. San Francisco, 66 through 68. The Yankees, 68 through 73. Kansas City, 74 and 75. He made two All Star games, the two All Star games in 1960, and mostly he was a reliever. He started 50. In 57 and 58, started for the Cardinals. Uh, he started overall in 74 games of his 987 appearances. His record was good, 141 and 119. Wouldn't be a Hall of Famer, but it's a nice record. Uh, uh, 3.45 ERA, 1,361 strikeouts. He uh, he had 172 saves in his career, and the 50 he led in saves in 59, 60, and 63. He was the leader and reliever of the year for the Sporting News in 1960 and in 1963. And then uh, one of, one of his problems, he gave up a lot of home runs, 172 home runs. I mean, he got the ball over the plate. That's what they would tell you. And four walk-off grand slams he gave up, and he did die of COVID-19. So, but he was uh, well remembered. You know, everybody kind of remembers Lindy McDaniel. And there you go. That's what I got. All right, Sean. All right, well, let's go ahead and shut it down. We'll be back next week, and next week will be the first college football playoff rankings coming down during the show because they do four weeks. I was awful. I thought it was this week, but it is next week. So uh, go ahead if you want to download remember, the podcast. And remember, college basketball starts next week, too, next yes, Wednesday. college basketball starts next Wednesday. So we'll be looking ahead of the last, you know, looking ahead the night before, and we'll come back and talk about the NBA draft and this week in the NFL and who knows what else. All right. Uh, but you can download the podcast, legendoldies.com. Uh, type in Sports Lounge Live, three words in your podcatcher. Tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcast, or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. And that's how you can listen to us at any